Good morning. It's a, an honor and a privilege to be here and to share God's word with you. As Pastor Louis has mentioned, he's in the south this morning and he sends his greetings. What a wonderful time we've had in the worship this morning. How great was that? The Lord is in our presence and he speaks to us and he heals us and he encourages us. This morning, before I jump right in, I would like to just say that last week with Neil Beste, when he was sharing the word around denying yourself, it was just one of those moments where clarity just comes in play, where you see exactly how the Lord intends us to walk with him, from the walk of grace and not from the walk of uh, legalism. And so this morning we are picking it up again, and as Pastor Louis did mention before, that we are going to stay a little bit uh, for a while in Mark chapter 8, verse 34 to 38. And so this morning we are reading from Mark again, Mark chapter 8, verse 34 to 38. So please, I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. If you are there, say Amen. Cool. It says in verse 34, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Oh, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Let us close our eyes and pray. Father, we thank you. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Your heart, Lord, is that we may grasp exactly what you mean, put it in our hearts, and let it be applied by us. And Lord, what a privilege we've been in this season where we're speaking about the extraordinary king, extraordinary kingdom, the, the, the citizens of this kingdom. Lord, we thank you that we can walk with you. What an honor, Lord. And as we unpack this word, may you speak into our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The title for my message this morning is Take up your cross. Take up your cross. One of the things about taking up your cross is this. It was not an easy thing. We may speak about a cross because we know a cross as some form of jewel, some form of something that you have in the front of the church. A cross, it's something that become, has become fashionable. But in the first century, when Jesus was talking about this thing of taking up your cross, it wasn't an easy thing. It was a tough decision that people had to make if they wanted to follow him. I say that Jesus actually put it out from the onset, from the start. He said to the people, listen, if you want to be my disciple, here are the terms and conditions. Here are the T's and C's about being my disciple. If you are ready to apply these terms and conditions, you better know these are the things you are to do. And as I've mentioned earlier, Neil last week spoke about denying yourself. And he explained very well how 
that applies and how do we live out denying ourselves. This morning as we speak about taking up your cross, this was tough for the people of the day. But it's interesting, Jesus does this amazing thing. If you read on that first verse, in verse 34, it says, whoever wants to be my disciple. It's an invitation. Whoever wants to be a disciple, my disciple, it's an invitation. The Lord Jesus doesn't force anyone to follow him. If you are able to fulfill these terms and conditions, then you can follow him. Remember, walk of grace, not walk of legalism. And so we are called to decide, to say, Lord, we are willing to walk with you. We are willing to take up, to deny ourselves, to walk with you, to take up our cross and to follow you. And so Jesus says this to the people. Do you want to be my disciple? Then you better be ready to do this. Now, if you read in the beginning of chapter 8, he just fed 4,000 people. They were all happy and full. And probably some of them were saying, yeah, Jesus, we want to follow you wherever you go. Because Jesus gives free lunch. (laughs) Anyone who gives free lunch can easily be followed, isn't it? Now Jesus is saying to them, listen, not only do I provide free lunch, but if you really want to follow me, these are the terms and conditions. Deny yourself, take up your cross. What did the cross mean in the day? It was during the Roman Empire, they were in, in power that time, they were ruling. And in that time, we know historically that the, the worst way that you could be killed and be nailed on the cross, it was like so painful and so terrible that even Romans, Romans, if they were going to execute you as a Roman citizen, they would behead you. So you would kneel and they would behead you. We see it in the movie, The Gladiator. You would kneel and they would behead you because you did something wrong. You either killed, raped, or you did something terrible, or you were being rebellious against the empire. And if you were the citizen of Roman, of a Roman Empire, you would be beheaded. But if you were not a Roman citizen or a Roman, then they would crucify you on the cross. Now, this just explains. The Romans were cruel, but not only were they cruel, that cruelty, they didn't even put it on their own citizens. They put it on those who were not Romans. So when Jesus was speaking about this thing of taking up your cross, it was a difficult thing he was asking the people to do. And so he was saying to them, guys, if you want to follow me, take up this cross. Be willing to die to self. Be willing to lay down your lives for me. Later on, we read that some of the people said, not me. I'm not going with this. Because dying on the cross was a difficult thing. Jesus was saying, are you willing to die on my behalf? Are you willing to take up your cross and die on my behalf? On the cross... Before you got there, you had to walk almost roughly around seven kilometers to get to Golgotha. 
And when you get there, they would nail you on the cross. That time, it's total shame. You are hanging on the cross. They nail your two feet against one another, and they would nail on your palms or on your wrist, and they will hang you there until you die. But it, take, it took longer to die in that condition. So what they would do is you would hang there, and as you get tired, you would, you would go and you would sink, and you would, because, of, because of gravity, you're so high, you're, you're being pulled down. And as you do that, you start to suffocate. And so, when the people feel like that, they will try and lift themselves up with these nails, just so they can be able to breathe. It was terrible. Why am I explaining this? It's because that's exactly what Jesus was saying to the people. Are you willing to die for me? Are you willing to lay down your lives for me? Now, in our day and age, there are parts in the world where people still get prosecuted for being persecuted from, for being a disciple or being a follower of Jesus. But in most worlds, like in South Africa, we don't have that type of thing. How does this word of dying and carrying, carrying your cross, how does it apply to our lives as we sit here this morning? You see, Jesus, for us, he is saying, are you willing to lay down your own interest? Are you willing to lay down your own plans? Are you willing to lay down your own desires in exchange for my desire? For my desire to, to live in a certain way that I require you to live. To live to my glory. Can you do it? Are you willing to do that? In your personal decision making, are you willing to involve me? Are you willing to take me in to your personal commitments? Are you able to put me out and say, Lord, in my personal decision, I would like to do this thing, Lord. And you're willing to say, Lord, because you say so, I'm willing to lay it down. The cross was about putting Jesus first. Are you willing to put Jesus first in your life? And if you are willing to do that, then you can become one of his disciples. I remember some years ago when I was still young and handsome. Now, and now I'm only handsome. Um, when I was still young and handsome, I remember that we used to play a game. We would take a sort of like a, a small little plate, and then one would have like a driving wheel, and they would go, hmm, hmm, beep, 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 anyone going to town, come. But they cannot go to town if they come in front of you and you have a steering wheel. They have to come and tag, tag along, and then you go, mm, mm, anyone else? And they will have to tag along until it's a long row of young people playing. And Jesus is saying, are you willing this morning to put me first, to be in the lead? Are you willing to tag along and come with me? 
Are you willing to come and bring me in your personal commitments, in your personal decision-making? Are you willing to put me first? That's what the cross requires us to do. T's and C's apply. Are you willing to do exactly that? And so the Lord calls each one of us not to just come and say, Lord, we believe in you. Lord, we can walk with you. He's putting a challenge in all of us, including myself. Are you willing to put me first? If you're not willing to put him first in your life, you cannot be his disciple. The second thing that taking up your cross means is this. Jesus is saying taking up your cross because the cross cannot represent anything else but suffering and discomfort. You are to embrace suffering and discomfort. That is difficult. Are you willing to do that? When I was preparing this message, I wrestled a lot. And I thought, yo, if I was sitting there as one of the people, one of the disciples, now I'm being, I've been asked to, 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 to take on suffering and discomfort. Guys, I want to be honest with you. I understand why when Jesus was caught, the disciples ran away. They thought, no ways. Here's that thing he was telling us about. Are we willing to take up our cross? Oh, they were out of there. Because it's not an easy thing to do, to lay down yourself, your life, for the sake of the cross. You see, to be an extraordinary citizen in the kingdom of God requires laying down. It requires sacrifice. And sometimes this may include suffering. This will include discomfort. Are we willing to experience suffering and discomfort in his name? When things don't go well, we cry out and we say, Lord, why? Why me, Lord? Lord, it's difficult. I can't do it anymore. We cry out to him. Because it's not easy as we experience suffering and discomfort. You see, we are called as these extraordinary citizens to come in and lay down our lives, to take up our, our cross. Can I be direct and honest with you? There is no way in the things of the kingdom that you will be able to take hold of that which the Lord has for you if you are not firstly willing to let go of what you have. The Lord doesn't want part of you. He wants everything of you. He doesn't want to be part of your life somewhere in the schedule of the week, Sunday. He wants every single day of you. And so he asks, asks a question, are you willing to embrace suffering, difficulty, challenges. Sometimes challenges are, is not something that we created. It's something that comes from outside and it comes in our lives and we are 
struggling and we battle and we think, yo, this is not supposed to be this way. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's why when you lose your life for his sake, you will gain your life because he's the giver of, of life. But in the time when we have to embrace challenges, suffering, and discomfort, not only is he asking us only those things, he's saying, are you willing to surrender your life to him? Are you willing to let go of how you do things and you align yourself with the way he wants you to do things? Are you willing to submit yourself under him? Those were difficult questions. This is what the cross means when you to carry your cross and to follow him. The cross, even in that day, meant shame. Are you willing to experience shame where others ridicule you for what you believe in? When others look down on you for what you believe in? The cross also meant death. It meant that if you tear your cross, there's a possibility, high possibility, that you will be killed for your faith. In our faith, we are guaranteed to be challenged. We are guaranteed to go through hard times and to go through difficulty. But you see, we don't follow the Lord for only what he can do. We follow him for who he is. And so in the challenges, in the suffering, in the submission, in the shame, in the, in the death, we also have victory. We have victory. Because it didn't end on the cross, isn't it? It didn't end on the cross. He rose again after three days. And he became our champion. He is incredible. And so in our challenges, in our suffering, in our embracing of this time of having discomfort and having challenges that we have to endure for the sake of our faith and for the sake that the Lord has called us, we are reminded that the Lord is still good. That the Lord is still good. In Daniel chapter 3, we are reminded of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And King Nebuchadnezzar had, said, had built this huge statue, and he said, everybody must bow before this statue. Everybody must worship this statue. And the three guys said, King, we will not bow before this statue. And, they said, and then he said to them, guys, you just need to bow. Don't even say anything. Just bow. And that will be it. And so when he had this time, he, he said to them, just bow, and that's it. And then they didn't want to do it. We know the story that the fire was made seven times more hot than before. And before he threw them in this fire, 
King Nebuchadnezzar said to these young men, this is a moment you need to just understand. Just bow. And then this is it. But I love their answer. King Nebuchadnezzar, even if the God we worship doesn't come through, we will not bow before the statue. Even, even if the Lord doesn't come through for you in the way that you expect him to, do not bow to that thing. Always bow before the Lord. Surrender to him. Submit yourself to him. Continue to allow him to be the Lord in your life. Because in our walk with the Lord, the movement of God in the past will always encourage obedience in the present. The movement of God in the past will always encourage obedience in the present. He did it before. Surely he can be able to do it now for me. And so let us walk with him and let us embrace when we're going through difficult times. And let's not, let's not leave God out of the picture. Let's always say, God, no matter what, our eyes and focus are on you. This was tough for the people hearing Jesus saying these words. Take up your cross and follow me. It's not going to be easy, but I will be with you. The third thing they were hearing from Jesus when he said that he must be followed, he said, follow me. So they were putting God first. They were embracing, they had to embrace suffering and they had to embrace discomfort. Jesus put this other term and condition and he says, you are to follow me. Following the Lord wasn't easy because he was saying, will you let me lead you? Will you let me lead you? Can you imagine carrying the cross and someone's, Saying to you, no, turn left, turn right, go up, and you're carrying this cross. Sometimes the cross, I was a bit baffled when I was reading it. Because just earlier, the Lord was talking about your burden, my burden is easy, my yoke is light, um, you don't have to, you know, Lord, why if your burden is easy and your yoke is light, now I have to come and carry crosses, our oh, and then terms and conditions, where do they fit in? You see, the, Jesus doesn't only leave it there. He says, whoever is willing to lose their life for me will actually gain, gain it. His burden is still light. His yoke is still easy. Because the Lord doesn't load things on us we cannot handle. We cannot carry. The cross is not a symbol of a wooden thing, a sign like a T. The cross is what Jesus meant. It's like a sign of love. The cross is victory for us. 
The cross means we put down the things of this life and we take up the things that are of the best value. And so that's what the cross meant. When he said to them, follow me, follow me, are you able to let me lead you? Are you able to let me take you where you are meant to be? And it's not that easy when we have to do it in practice, isn't it? But I love it in the Message Bible. He ends off by saying this. Let me show you how. Man, God is gracious. I'm not only carrying the cross and putting him first and oh, doing all these things as if uh, it's, 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 it pleases God. No, no, no. He says, let me show you how. He comes alongside us. And we can trust him with that. I want to share with you a story. There was once a man. He was running at the airport. He was late for his flight. And he was running hard. And finally he got to the checkout gates and he got it checked. And finally he was like, I made it. And he got in the plane. When he got there in the plane... He, he sat on the chair, you know, where there's three people. On the far side, it was a lady. In the middle, it was a little girl, around seven, eight years old. She was busy on her book, coloring, coloring. And so he took interest to ask her, hello, how old are you? And she said, I'm eight years old. And he said, oh, that's wonderful. What are you doing on your book? He says, no, I'm coloring. He says, oh, that's very nice. But then he didn't ask her, who is, he, who is she traveling with? Because she can see that the lady next to her, it's not the mother. She was doing her own thing. And so he left the little girl there, and he started opening his iPad, checked out things and everything, and then eventually... The plane took off, and after an hour or so in the air, the voice of the pilot came on the speakers. I can't do I can't mute the voice. They're just too cool. <laughs> They're just too cool. But then the pilot said something like this. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to hit some turbulences. We don't know how long it will be for, but around 15, 20 minutes. Please put on your seat belts, and you know how the lights go. Dun, dun. <laughs> and then the people put on their seat belts, and after 10, 15 minutes, the plane started shaking. And the pilot kept on ducking and going up and this gentleman sitting here, his face, he started looking a bit worried. When he looked at the lady on the other side, the lady wasn't reading a book anymore. She put down the book and she was holding on. And she was looking out the window. And when he looked around, people were panicking. And people were holding on to their seats tightly. People were not talking anymore. The plane was shaking. They were going up. And you know sometimes people, when they want to start screaming, they don't scream like from the onset. 
They don't go, oh. they start off with, They start off slowly because they don't want to show everyone that they are busy panicking. And the plane, and the bag starts falling off. And the people started getting louder. And everybody was holding on to their seats. And it was difficult, and they were just going up and down, up and down. They thought it was going to last for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It lasted for an hour. People were panicking. People were looking at their phones, looking at their loved ones. People wished they could send their loved ones the message to say, love you, I won't be able to see you anymore. And they couldn't handle the fact that this plane is surely going down. Eventually, the turbulence stopped, and the voice of the pilot came on, and it said, ladies and gentlemen, so sorry for the inconvenience we have gone through the turbulence we are about to land. Everybody was relieved. The whole time when the plane was going on like this, the little girl next to this gentleman wasn't panicking at all. She wasn't holding on to a seat too tightly. She was just looking at all these things happening around her. And so the gentleman couldn't hold it, but he ended up asking her, little girl, when this plane was going up and down, and things were falling off, and people were starting to cry, you didn't even look scared. Why? The little girl looked at him and said, because my dad is the pilot. And because my dad is the pilot, and he's taking me home. Our dad is the pilot. Through the shaking, through the going down, through the going up, through the reckoning, through the, hey, we are holding on tightly. We are crying out to him. What's going on? Our dad is the pilot and he's taking us home. Take up your cross and follow him because he is worth it. He is worth it. Taking up your cross is not losing some, it's losing a little bit to gain so much more. When we walk with him, we walk with him in confidence that through the suffering, through putting him first, we follow him knowing that he's taking the lead and he will show us how because he's taking us home. My question in conclusion, are you still willing to be his disciple? Are you still too willing to respond to his terms and conditions? Are there areas in your life where you say, Lord, I haven't given you everything. I've held on. And you say, Lord, I want to give you my life. Because that's what he asks of us. Are you willing to give me your life? Knowing that no matter what, I will take you through. I would invite you to please stand with me.
taking up your cross, putting him first, embracing suffering and, and discomfort in this life, it's nothing compared to gaining him. What can you give the Lord in exchange for what he has given you? He wants nothing less but your life. And so if you are here this morning, I want to encourage you. as just to stretch out your hands and to say, Lord, this morning I, I know this is not in my strength, but in your strength, I want to take up my cross. Interesting, Jesus says taking up your cross. It's not his cross, it's your cross. Your cross, putting your own interests, your own plans, your own things and putting them on that cross, laying them down for him. Father, I want to thank you for each and every individual here this morning saying, Lord, I want to lay down my life. Give you, Lord. I don't know what that means or, or how I can do that, but thank you, Lord, that you carry me. You assist me. You lead me. And Father, I pray your grace upon them as they do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for this morning. We thank the Lord for also his presence with us this morning.